How do you respond to the question, where do you come from? Many of us may answer with a location, a small town, another country, or the mean streets. There's no doubt that people often ask us where we're from in order to gain insight on our background, and often we will let people know where we are from to provide insight about our character. Others of us, when asked where we come from, will think of our upbringing. We'll share about our family and the values and love our parents gave us, or the dysfunction and abuse. Many of us have strong ideas about who we are based upon how we were raised. Then there are those of us who describe where we come from based upon more current circumstances. A relationship that didn't work out, or because we can't seem to find a good job. The thing about all these answers is that they mean we have built strong stories about why we are the way we are and why our lives have played out the way they have. Stories may be a positive part of where we come from, but they may become perilous when we use them to describe our life's direction. J.K. Rowling's character, Harry Potter, grows up initially believing he is an orphan and no one special. In fact, he is treated like a second-class citizen in his own family. When Harry discovers he comes from a lineage of wizardry, his life begins to change. The difference between fiction and our real lives is that, in most instances, discovering the truth is not as convenient as receiving a letter with an invitation to Hogwarts. The calls are more subtle. It takes a teacher seeing something special in us, a hero we believe in, or an idea to immerse ourselves in, to inspire us to live a truer story, not in someone else's myth, but in cultivating our own calling for how we want to choose and live in the world. When the story is about where we come from, it is healthy in that it gives us insight into how we've arrived at where we are, but it can become unhealthy when we use it to foretell what will return to us in the future. When our stories are used to explain why I'm like this or why life will never change, our stories are incomplete drafts crumpled up papers in the wastebasket of a once creative author who comes down with severe writer's block. If you want to know what resistance is, try to take someone away from their story. You don't understand where I come from, she'll say. You don't understand what I went through, he'll say. You don't get the pain I endured. And he'll be right, of course. But I'll say, I'm not trying to tell you that you weren't in pain, I'm trying to help you from continuing to be. We can't change whatever psychological pain was inflicted upon us in the past, but we can stop the pain from continuing. We have to ask ourselves if it is the action or the story that is hurting us now. Life has failed me. As much as I sympathize and as much as I can relate to this, no misfortune is excuse enough to fail ourselves. When we feel that life has failed us, it's often because we've based our self-worth on a particular outcome and because we've bought into the story of who I am isn't good enough or I'm unworthy of love or something is wrong. No matter how good our intentions, when planted in soil with roots of distrust and lack of self-confidence, even the purest seeds grow thorns. When asked where we are coming from, is it possible to respond with an answer that shares the truth of who we are? What difference would consciously living from the true story about ourselves make in our lives? Many of us who at times feel our lives are lacking a particular quality 
or that we are lacking in spirit are often likely to point the finger to something being wrong. Take something like abuse. For some of us, being abused is a past experience, yet the abuse hasn't stopped. It continues on in our psyche. We can't change the abuse, but we can make it stop. Even if it is a no we say to ourselves every day for the rest of our lives, we can stop it. Anyone can be victimized, but no one can make you a slave to your own past. This does not mean we do not have to live with the memories of things we would rather not have to, but we can cease allowing these memories to inform us of who we really are. It would be insensitive to say that these conclusions are inaccurate because they come from real-life experiences. Every belief we hold is true, and every negative emotion we have is there for a reason. The question we must ask ourselves is, is it reason enough to continue to interfere with my life? As a child, I was convinced at one time that I was a robot the family had purchased from Kmart. If I was not good, the family was going to take me back to the store and replace me with a new model. This is humorous to me today, but at the time, a frightening idea. It meant that I wasn't real. It meant that I could lose my family. It meant that my continued residence would be based on my behavior. In short, I was replaceable. And that the place I really came from was generally known as a second-rate target. It doesn't take much to influence a belief or feeling in ourselves that, although formed in fiction, becomes real in our consciousness, playing out in our relationships and choices for the rest of our lives. Even today, as much as I am usually a confident and mindful person, I am sometimes also a little robot who doesn't want to get taken back to the store. Our stories aren't just in the past. They speak to our beliefs and to how we define who we are in the present. Remove the past and who would you be? Like a warrior who no longer has a worry, the only thing different is that your story is less entertaining. The worry wouldn't go away. The hurt wouldn't go away. Just what happened would go away. Just the story. This is not to take away the facts of our past, yet we should remember that the closest thing to changing the past is transforming our version of events. The biggest difference between what was then and what is now is what you know now. There once was a man who, in his boyhood, dreamed of being a doctor. If I could just save one life, he thought to himself, my life will have been worthwhile. He never became a doctor. However, he struggled in school and his parents talked him into going into the family business. His family also pressured him into marrying young. His wife was somewhat shrill and scared. The man came to enjoy his life, but his regret of never fulfilling his dream weighed on him heavily. His wife, however, thrived. She overcame her inhibitions and found great success due very much to her husband's help. One evening, late in his life, he confided to his wife about his sense of failing over never becoming a doctor and his desire to save lives. Darling, his wife said, I hear you say that you have never saved a life, but please know that you have saved mine. People say you can't change the past, and although I get the point, it sounds as cynical to me as saying you can't change a person. Yes, a person must change him or herself, 
But that doesn't mean people never change. In a similar way, we have to let go of our stories about the past to let them become what they will be. In releasing our judgment about the past, and yet being sensitive to our experience of it, our past can come to mean something totally different to us today than it did yesterday. What was once your greatest failing can lead to your greatest inspiration. What was once your darkest moment could be the moment that propels you into your life's purpose or the experience that provides you with the compassion you need to support others. Maybe the idea that you can't change the past isn't altogether true. The past is a memory, yes, but it is something we have a relationship with, just like with a person. We can't change the past in and of itself, but we can shift our relationship with it, resulting in our past having a different purpose and meaning. There have been times when the past and I have not gotten along. I was always trying to change the past, and the past was always holding me back. But when I could accept the past as it is without judgment and hold myself to the present, the past started working for me and no longer against me. My hurts, my failures, and my bumps and bruises were no longer my defects. Instead, I discovered my wisdom, my empowerment, and my unique training to be of service to others and myself. Is life best lived in accordance with paranoia? No. Is character best defined by childhood inadequacy? No. Life is to be lived in a way that seeks to limit it the least, listen to it the most, and to go with the flow. Therefore, there is wisdom in the idea of stripping ourselves of the stories we've told ourselves to see what truth remains. To live a true story, one must no longer defend imagined causes with their real consequences, but begin to look for truth where authenticity and reality meet. Though we actually live in what is, said the author Stephen Mitchell, we think ourselves into what isn't. Some of the stories we tell ourselves lead us to dread and others to achieving our goals. The most solid way to success is to be as true as possible to what is. Only then can we attune with that deeper part of ourselves that knows our story, our spiritual narrative, and live in accordance with it.